And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Ah, good morning and welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. Hellman's sick. I had to give a little bit of a uh, half-hearted yell for him. Get well, Hellman. He's got RSV. Like, I know what that is. Like a baby. Is that just what every baby's getting? Do right adults now? get it? Is that a thing? Yeah, if you're a baby adult, <laughs> if you're an adult that acts like a widow baby. <laughs> With me, I've got Taylor. I was gonna tell a time traveling joke here, but uh, you guys didn't end up liking it. Oops, I did it again. I played with your heart, got lost in the game. Oh, baby, baby. I was doing like the the harmony part you were, there. I, I couldn't know. find the melody. I could feel that. That was really strange. I tried to hop in, but I, I, my I threw you like, off, my too. My brain was like, don't do it. Yeah, well, that was weird. Uh, and Jay. Jay? Oh, no. Jay's mm-hmm. muted. It's it's Jay. I muted myself. It's Jay, live from parts unknown. Wow, the middle of nowhere. Wow, we're glad you could join us from the middle of nowhere, Jayvon. It's good to see you. I'm actually uh, preaching at a camp, and lights out here is at twelve forty-five. And so really? I what? yeah. So the whole point was to anyway. Long story, but. It is early because it was late, and it's is only this is one of the only platforms where I can complain about that and not really have a ear that cares. And Andrew, since that's kind of your routine, but for me, you know, not a one o'clock in the morning kind of guy. <laughs> no, well, I've got I'm I'm also going to be at a church camp this weekend, so we'll have a fifty percent of the DTD crew camping, church camping, camping. Church glamping. Sorry, yeah, I'm not sorry. Like it's it's yeah, terrible. No, not real camping. So, game five of the NBA Finals is tomorrow night. Should be an all timer. I mean, we had an all timer already in game four. Uh, just an incredible game in Milwaukee. Uh, we'll, we won't stay on this super long because I want to just get through as many of the questions as we can. But was there anything? Is who are you? Who are you favoring? Like Jay, who do you think will win the finals? You have to pick right now. It's so funny. Is this is how how much two games can change a lot of it? So, I actually kind of am leaning the Bucks now, and the reasoning is number one is I think they're figuring some things out. Uh, Chris Middleton's showing up. Drew still not, but I, I think that Giannis has been unreal in this series. That block on Aiton is will go down, kind of depending on how the series go, but it'll go down in, in definitely some form of lore. Um, I think the thing that makes me nervous, man, is this is setting itself up to be like a Chris Paul disaster. Uh, yeah, game four and was I certainly want, that. 
and I wonder if there's part of it going to game five where uh, there's a pressure that and this is this is it, man. I think game five is honestly the make or break. Like if Chris Paul plays excellent and and he's he's rebounded, he rebounded in the Western Conference Finals. Um, and I do just want to give him credit in that. He's played well in playoff series before. Uh, but t- tomorrow night is going to be, or Saturday night is going to be the the for me. It's the make or break for Chris Paul's legacy as far as it comes to how important this championship is for him. So he has to play well, yeah. no stupid turnovers, yeah. uh, and just be the best version of himself. And and I think he can. Like I really do. Devin Booker was phenomenal. Uh, I think they've the Bucks have figured out some stuff to kind of make uh, the Suns a little more singular dimensional kind of thing. And and I think that it's kind of complicated things, but you know, I, I mean, the Suns have incredible talent across the board and I think that they can rebound too. And going home matters obviously yeah. uh, for Phoenix. So that's my, I'm leaning towards the bucks, but I, I think game five is the determining factor, which is not some sort of like, Oh, he's the first person to ever say that. It's like the person that wins games five wins like 80% of the series or something like that. So, yeah, but it was but, also like if you go up 2 0, what you have like 70 to 80% chance of winning the series, too. And those, those things just don't seem to matter much the last four years. I don't know. I feel like everyone's kind of breaking through those. In this playoffs, it hasn't really mattered. Yeah, it just doesn't really matter. Devin Brooker and Chris Paul cannot have a good game at the same time <laughs> this whole series it's just been that devin yeah. booker's good chris paul was really good devin booker was good devin booker was bad chris paul was bad mm-hmm. so if those two if chris paul can just do like you know get 18 points and 10 rebounds and four turnovers mm-hmm. it's those turnovers that are just killing them that turnover in the fourth quarter was so Bad and the most Chris Paul Clippers thing I've ever seen. Yeah, it felt very yes, it felt it felt very Chris Paul, which is just a shame to say, but it really did. Yeah, I I'm intrigued. I'm very intrigued to see what will happen. I I I went into the series thinking that I'd be rooting for the Suns, but I found myself rooting for the Bucks in almost every single game. I don't know if that's just that I want Giannis to break through. I don't know what it is, but. You don't want Chris to break through? I guess not. Why not? I don't know. It'd be kind of cool. I mean, it's going to feel bad for for someone. I think we we were texting about this, and the thing with this series is, and y'all brought up a good point, there's no villain in this series. Yeah, there's no real villain. Yeah, it's it's hard to, uh, unless you're a fan of that specific team, I don't know who you root for unless you love one of those players, but... I kind of like all the best players equally. Yeah. I I think as a Thunder fan, the reason I pull a little and it's crazy, like I'm the same way. And and here's the truth is I'll be excited for whichever franchise wins. I think that I don't know. And I'm about to say this and recognizing that the Suns also kind of built in a similar way. The Suns just have a different market than Oklahoma City, but Milwaukee feels more comparable, even though Milwaukee is a larger market than Oklahoma City. Uh, but it does feel more comparable as far as how roster building will have to take place for the Thunder. And now the same sense, like I said, Milwaukee or excuse me, Phoenix, I mean, their only big free agent acquisition was Jay Crowder. Yeah. You know, so it's it's not like it was it was some sort of Neither one of these teams took the Lakers route or the Nets route, which is why it's in, for me, you're a small market team fan. Like it absolutely makes it 
to where you can pull pretty well for both of these. But it is why I lean towards uh, Bucks, probably honestly because of past Thunder wounds and, uh, you know, their big star. I don't want Giannis to get disgruntled because he gets this far, loses, and then it just, you know, if they have the plagues of Egypt season next year and then, you know, who knows? Like this is we've seen this kind of rhythm play out before. And I think in the Eastern Conference, like both of these teams actually just benefited from uh, a, a lessened playoff field. And so it's, I think there's a at least for me, a feeling like this is maybe both of these teams best shot to have it for the next two or three years. Uh, now, Giannis has like a five-year timeline or, or a 10-year timeline, uh, but they've got some work to do to build a roster that's sustainable that long. But I don't know. I've been leaning a little bit more towards the Bucks as well, which is crazy because I, I I really like the Suns team too. So, Yeah. I feel like this could be the start of something for Giannis. Yeah. If he wins it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be. I mean, what it would do is give him that respect and put him he's a superstar but not like in this general way that the other superstars are and i think if he wins in the finals i think it would boost him up into that territory for yeah. sure there's just <clears throat> there's not really a precedent for a player that's 26 that wins their first ring to like never get back there again yeah but with that team is the thing cuz just because he wins a championship with the bucks Yes. If they to, yes. if they flame out the next yes, yes, four yes. years, then he'll just go somewhere else to get more championship. Now it's still okay because he still brought Milwaukee a championship, and I would take it if I was Milwaukee too, mm-hmm. obviously. But it doesn't set in stone that you know Giannis is. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. I think that we have placed such value on even just like look Dirk Nowitzki. It's the story that will drive this narrative for so many. Is like. Dirk's won in the city he played in from from his rookie season till he retired uh, has 35 times the value that almost every other championship over the last 10 years outside of the Spurs was. My my argument is that, yes, it would be worth more with the Bucs, but I was just saying that I think Giannis, this won't be the only time we'll see Giannis in the finals. But Taylor made the point that it could be with a different, it could be with a different team later i don't know i don't know i don't even know how is chris middleton how old is chris middleton late 20s early 30s i don't think he's 30 yet yeah i don't know his his draft status made it strange i'm i'm doing a great podcast and looking it up 29 years old he's almost 30 at least he'll be good through the rest of Giannis's uh contract contract yeah yeah and, you know, his game doesn't rely a ton on athleticism as much yeah. as yeah, it doesn't. just his ability to be a shooter. They just they're going to have to. I mean, this is it for the Bucs for me is I'm like James Jones has kind of proven that he can put a really good roster around that team. Uh, and but if you look at the leadership in Milwaukee, I think that's where it's going to be something that I, I just am not anxious to see. I don't particularly have a care of this, to be honest, outside of the fact of just it's fun to watch. But. I just think there's some like PJ Tucker is I think 65 years old and mm-hmm. is clearly in my mind slowing down a little bit and um, I think DiVincenzo is a piece that who knows what he's gonna what kind of his ceiling can be to make that roster fit a little mm-hmm. bit more around Giannis but how long can you rely on Brooke Lopez? Um, no, I don't know. That's the as your wing, you know, like Those as the, one of your wings more yeah. so, you know. 
Yeah. But so I think that there's guys, just some roster construction for the long-term success of that franchise that they got to do. Those guys, you, you can, can find the, the yeah. Lopez's of the world. Yeah, but they're, I mean, they're financially, is my question. Like, there's eventually a point where they're going to be financially. Same for the same for the Suns, though. Maybe even more so. Yeah. Like, the Suns have proven more so over time. Aiton, Booker, Bridges. Yeah. yeah. And now Chris Paul. I mean, Chris Paul's got one player option a year left or two. Right. Or one year and then a player option. Yeah, he's got one. One, yeah. So I, I don't know, man. I would like Robert Sarver has proven in the past that he's willing to just give stuff away to save money. He gave away lottery yeah. picks to save money. You mentioned that somewhere. I can't remember where that was. I don't know where it was either. <laughs> <laughs> Saturday Slam and Jam, maybe, maybe, maybe. Tayshawn, do you have a factoid? No. Well, I just want to show. Everybody I could update. Though, I could. But... I could give an update. Someone asked about. Uh... My child dog bowl situation. Oh, yeah. Quick update. Hold on. Okay. Let's do that. Okay. So, uh. Hello, I'm Tayshawn. This is my factoid, Big Redictory. And this is really, uh,. This is an update on a segment we did with Luke where he gave us parental advice and was really helpful. I'm confident it's from Trav. Trav is funny. Yep, that's it might be from that. Um, Let me, I'll double check. So an update, just for anyone who missed this, my daughter, uh, she's one, and she was obsessed with with my dog's water bowls. She went over to it all the time. So what we realized was my dog, well, wow, Freudian slip there, but... My child is is a dog. And so also what we've been doing is we're, we're like, where's Nora? I haven't heard from her in a minute. And we'll walk in our bedroom and she'll just be laying in one of the dog beds. She's obsessed with whatever the dogs have. And so the update is that we have finally accepted uh, our reality and we've been bringing her to PetSmart for some training classes. So it's going really well. Uh, we're finally seeing our daughter for who she truly is, which is really our number one goal as parents, right? And to support and encourage that and who she really is, is a puppy. So we're just going to go down that road and see how it goes. And I'll keep you guys updated on that. And uh, we'll be right back after this quick break. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. And we're back after that quick break. We're going to go through as many Twitter questions as we possibly can. First Twitter question comes from Dort Poy. 
He just wants to give a shout out to Vrenz for giving a shout out to Thunder fans. Wow. Double shouts. Double shout out. That podcast was cool. You guys have it was. You guys have thoughts on Bren, on the Vrenz or the Vrenz pod? Man, I did just a quick kind of Google search just to figure out who this guy is because this interview was really, really intriguing. Uh, I mean, he's clearly a take a runner on this guy because he's giant and he's really fluid with the ball. Like he actually, I, I watched it, you know, and it's highlights. And so it doesn't show the ones where he's like falling out of bounds or whatever. But yeah. I just was impressed, man. Like he's, he's, he's got a decent little looking shot. I think he's relatively athletic. My only thing is, is just a little bit of the scuttlebutt uh, is that he is, and that's something people say. Uh, yeah, is, I, like I, hear, I hear it a lot. Yeah. He's 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 rising as he goes and he does some practices with some of the teams like, yeah. you know, I went to Charlotte and it's all about like nobody's going to I don't I don't think somebody's going to pick him in the 20s or anything. But it's is there so. going to be somebody that gets up to grab him early 30s, late 20s, you know, um, in the second round and the Thunder have a couple options right there. And so they could move up a few picks if they really get enamored with them. But, you know, being 6'10 and I think that's pretty legit. Like if that picture. Oh, that wasn't him. <laughs> but he's six ten. He said, "What do you say, six ten and six eleven with shoes on?" He's six. Yeah, he's six eleven. Yeah, and so I think that that size and that skill set that he has, and and kind of maybe this Euro trend that Sam is heading down, is I think he's kind of a p- perfect Thunderman. And also, just to be real honest, listening to that conversation, you're like, yeah. The, the Thunder surely told him if he's there at 34 or 5 or whatever it is that they're going to pick him. Yeah. Surely. I mean, the Thunder haven't taken a, col- a guy that played in college basketball since Sabonis. And Sabonis is an international oh player playing college basketball. That's true because Basil didn't play in college. He played. They have, uh, they have not New taken Balance. anybody that's played for a college basketball team. Whoa. Since. This will be the year that breaks that, though. They're not going to spend all their picks on. Euro alternative kind of players. There's certainly a world where they do. There's oh certain at, at number six, they could draft Sangoon. They could draft Giddy. Yeah, they could take Giddy or Shangoon there. Shangoon, sorry, my they apologies. Usman Garuba at 16 if they wanted. So to. somebody somebody in the chat is saying Kirk T is saying Diallo. What about Diallo? That he was drafted, I guess. From America or from a college team. Yeah, but that was like four years ago now. So that still would Yeah, have I guess been... a first rounder. I guess maybe, maybe he, first round is maybe he's just yeah. maybe he's just yelling Diallo. That's all it is. Diallo. Yeah. Yeah, Hami Hami would have been the last one, but he's a second round pick. A pick where I'll just say I'll have to amend that. The first round. The first time is the last time they took somebody in the first round that went to college. So there's, I mean, there's a world where they take guys. I think you're right, Taylor, that they're gonna because they have so many picks, they'll take somebody that went to college. But <laughs> what a weird Hopefully. conversation we're having. It's just interesting, isn't it? It is. Yeah, I mean, I think it goes back to what we're assuming uh, as far as Sam's this iteration of roster building is that he's pursuing that kind of more hybrid player like that's the other thing you could say is i mean teo but he's a second rounder and you're gonna have to get guys that aren't but just between poku and Baisley and some of the things we're hearing about their interest in this upcoming draft you know which is not much at all just as more than us just thinking oh maybe uh is it 
even if you looked at some of the guys they added throughout the season, uh, Svee being one of them, you just got to like these guys that are just higher, you know, like the way they play the game is just so different. Uh, skilled, they can grab the ball, they can push it, they can. I don't know. I just it's kind of intriguing to to watch these guys and and this roster being built. And I don't know if it, I don't know I don't know if it materializes. They need somebody, aka Poku, to really take it to a different level. Um, yeah, but I don't I know. Think- I kind of like the idea of creating a instead of just going with these like athletic, long players that that have to develop the skill is take the guys that kind of have that developed skill in some sense and then give them the physical uh development that they need is i don't know why not yeah and Vren's talked a little bit about this off the pod but he does they do a lot of like one-on-one workout stuff with either like a coach or they'll have they'll play against another draft prospect there and he's like he's like i didn't play grow up playing one-on-one at all, really, that it was always team focused basketball, yeah. and that's that is not a part of like the European basketball culture, like playing one on one, where like that's like I grew up playing one on one, like that was like something that everybody did here and everybody still does here, where you have to go create your own and go get it, and it's not like friends can't, it's not like European players can't do that, but they're just more inclined to play team basketball within a system yeah most of those guys don't have like tunnel vision when it comes to scoring like like james book knight would have never come out of europe europe you know like he or if he would have had he'd have been a different player obviously right yeah, like, he would have been yes he would have been a different player and so it's it's just it's not like one is like way better than the other but you can see the system that they're developing in oklahoma city they want everybody to see the court they want everybody to be able to put the ball on the floor. They want everybody to be able to pass. Like mm-hmm. that's what that's what they want. Does that make it to where I know that? Uh, oh gosh, I just blanked on his name. Was it Bo? No, it's not Bo. The gentleman you had on with you on ben. Wednesday. I'm so sorry, Ben. Ben, I was close on letters. Uh, yeah. Anyway, but he was talking about yeah, Giddy. One of the letters, I, I'm not, correct. <laughs> One of them. Well, it depends if it's B-E-A. I got two letters, but he's obviously like he's obviously a fan of Giddy and really high on Giddy as a prospect and even would suggest. Actually, I think he landed on Moses Moody at six for the Thunder. But uh, if that is the, the style of guy that they're looking for, I don't want to spend number six on Giddy. Just to be honest with you, I think that's a for me, like it's an overreach. Uh, but that's with like giddy, very little expertise other than just kind of looking at what he is and knowing some of his potential limitations. And I'd rather take a run. I mean, I'd rather go for Barnes. I'd rather go. I mean, I don't know if he'll be there. I actually don't think he will anymore. Maybe mm-hmm. Kaminga. Uh, but then you go to like that, those two picks they have later in the, in the first round is like, can they do something with those two to get a giddy? And how does giddy play alongside Shea? And does that really even matter is kind of the question marks, but yeah, I, that, that would fit the mold of what we kind of talked about. Probably the best player to fit that. Unless like, I, I don't know enough about Shingun. Um, I know that some people are really high on him, but yeah, back to the basket kind of guys that Shingun that- like offensively would be incredible. I mean, he could, he could come into the league and probably average like 15 and seven, like right away. Uh, at a, at, he's one of the youngest guys in the draft too. Uh, he's great as a role man. He sets really good screens. He can pop out, 
to mid-range. He will likely shoot threes. He gets to the free throw line a ton. He makes his free throws. I mean, offensively, it would be incredible with Shea because he would be the he's the best pick and roll partner probably in the draft for him. Outside. Oh, sorry, are you outside talking about Shangun? Are you talking about yeah, Shangun? Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, I mean, but then the question is like, what is he on defense? Because he is the the comp that. Sam Vecini, Sam Vecini and I made a Shangun video that will go up. Oh, tight. I think today. Uh, and the comp that he keeps landing on is Kevin Love for him. And I've heard that from multiple people in this past week that um, that Kevin Love is not a bad comp for him. Which, if he, if he turns into Kevin Love, if that's what he is, like you have to take him at six. Like You absolutely have to. And I don't know if that's where the Thunder land with him, uh, but there were de- there were major issues with Kevin Love on defense, and he had to figure that out. And it took him going to the Cavs, slimming down, and playing with LeBron and to- stopping Steph Curry in the finals that's to right. win a final. That's right. So he eventually got there, but it took time. And so to me. I wouldn't be super upset if they took him at six. One, it would mean they believe in him. And um, two, I I don't know. Uh, White Black says that Shingun is a power forward. If he's going to be in the NBA, like he can't guard three-fours. He won't be able to guard three-fours. This is the only issue. Because those... It, the, it's basically you have a point guard, three wings, and a center. Like That's the league now. And or a point guard and four wings. Yeah. A big wing is your center. Yeah. Yeah. So I just don't know that he can... I I don't disagree that he's more of a four. He certainly, 10 years ago, would have been a four. Uh, today, it's more murky. He's, he's almost the bad tweener, where kind of like Markeith Morris is like a bad tweener. Because he's not a four and he's not a five, mm-hmm. or he well, he can't guard fours and he's a four, but he can't really guard fives either, and that's where that's where it's scary with Shingun. Spooky, spooky, spooky. Uh, all right, let's answer some more questions. Uh, Twice God wants to know about Vrenz's range. I think he's a second round pick. I think he will be there in the second round, and I don't know that the Thunder would pick him, but I think that he would be very excited if the Thunder picked him. <laughs> Uh, Zach Deeg says, what would Sam Presti trade to get Sam Presti? Or theoretically, what would OKC command if he was ever traded? Um, Probably a first-round pick. Can you trade other GMs? Trade for other GMs? Yeah, like can you put a GM in the trade to trade for a GM? Doc Rivers, they got a, the Celtics got a first-round pick whenever Doc Rivers went to the Clippers. Yeah. So I think that you there could be something like that. I think that this is mostly a joke. Um, yeah, let's take it seriously. Let's though. take it seriously. I think they could get a first rounder for Sam to go somewhere else if he's still under contract. You have to get more than a first rounder. I don't know that you can get more than a first rounder. You're trading your future. You're not. You're trading the next 15 years for one draft pick in one year. Here's the thing. I don't think Sam is going to be here for forever. Oh my god! Wow, forever? Not forever. He will die one day. He, he could one die. day, he as could. we all will. Yes, um, in the next 
70 years, he will be gone. <laughs> it's debatable. Okay? No, I don't know. I mean, I just, I just don't think in this market you can ever assume anything with regards to people staying. And Sam is is so good. I would I would hope that he would stay throughout the duration of this rebuild and to like see it through. But would I There's there's almost an integrity issue if he doesn't. Unless the unless the ownership is like, "All right, we're done with this." But if you just got all of these yeah. No, I don't think so either, but I'm saying like if you got all these draft picks and all this capital and intentionally doing things to lessen the quality of basketball on the floor for now for later like you better see this through at least the next three years you know like especially and i don't think he's going to do this but especially if he does pull off like a hey we're going to trade shea and go all in for the one pick and see what Cade does and like you you kind of have a responsibility to build that roster after that you know so yeah definitely but but sam i mean there's nothing that is leading anybody to think that sam would leave yeah I think the fact that the Boston job is here and gone is probably like the biggest sigh of relief for Thunder fans. Right. And it happened so fast we didn't even get to speculate on it because if it were like if they waited a week to hire Brad, we would have definitely talked a lot about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it happened all within like 10 minutes. <laughs> I was I was at the gym and I was checking tweets and it was like back to back. Like, oh, he's gone and Brad's taking his spot. Like, what? Uh Stephen Crouch is asking if Shangun is Guinness Cantor 2.0. Absolutely not. No way. That's a. It's. It's only a cop because they're both European and big. Those are the only things. In offense, no defense. Which is also funny because Kevin not, O'Connor. He's not no defense. He's not no. He. To me, that's it's kind of a misnomer that he's no defense. He's not no defense. Um. He's just Kevin O'Connor made the comp of Domas. He's probably closer to Domas than he is to Cantor. Certainly, I would say. Uh, okay, let's see. Uh, Jess2437 wants to know, NBA Finals Game 7 or NBA Draft today? What would you rather attend this month? NBA Draft, baby. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Get, give take game me, seven. Give me game seven. Yeah. Oh yeah. Seven. Wait. Hold Come on. Along. I got a little bit. Yeah. Game, well. Yeah. yeah. Game seven. I got a little bit lost in my draft excitement, which is less than two weeks away. And if you didn't know this, we're hosting a party at Fassler Hall on Tenth Street, downtown Oklahoma City, starting at six, six p.m. Six o'clock. The draft starts at Going, seven, but get there early. Get a spot. Get some food. They have good food there. Good brews there. Sponsored by Lively. Yes. Bangelope is, is bringing name tag. So get your name tag. Fill out your name tag. Put your Twitter name on it. Put bro. your Twitter handle on it so that we know who you are. I'm assuming that they'll have the doors open and all that stuff. So it'll be just one giant party the, yeah, outside, that's inside. That's the plan. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. And plenty of great venue. The perfect venue for this. If you were at the lottery party and you're like, man, there's nowhere to go. This is not going to be that situation. There's going to be plenty of room. So don't not go if you're worried about it being too crammed. Yeah. Uh, Cram. At Auckland underscore zero nine with Tony Bradley, our restricted free agent this year. What would be the max money that you'd match? Uh, oh minimum, gosh! Minimum. 
Uh, God, with that question. There. With Alan Muskie probably gone too. He's the only center on the roster currently. Yeah. Do not worry. Do not worry at all about the center position with regards to this team. That's all I'll say. Uh, let's see. At making history fun. After listening to the friends pod, why do I feel like I'm cheating on Poku by loving him too? <laughs> well, because you're a little bit racist. <laughs> wow. Now I think there can only be one. There can only be one seven footer that dribbles and creates like that. No, I, I, that's why I think he's so thunder. And I even told here's him my this, question. You know. Did, for, did it feel like Vrenz kind of threw a little shade at Poku? I kind of felt he's like that I, too. I just he's like I just didn't know Poku like he played. I think he's being I think he he's being completely honest. I don't think he's throwing shade. I think he yeah. Well, I think that's yeah. that's probably true of most European players because he he was he was on like the draft radar, but I don't think that because he didn't play in like a big time league, and then when he did, he didn't play a lot. I don't think I don't really don't think it was shade. I think it was just like. Yeah, this guy, he really hadn't, he didn't accomplish much as a European player. Did he, uh, but maybe it was, what would maybe be it was, Jay? but I, I, I think didn't. it's Jay. I think he sees him as if I'm going to play on this team, I have to beat that guy. That's my number one. Yeah. Enemy. Irrational confidence is sometimes the thing I'm looking for more than anything in some of these NBA guys. I, I don't appreciate that. That's the thing I do like about what I could feel from his interview, but also just watching some snippets of his game is that friends is not going to come into the NBA and be intimidated by anybody, uh, which is great. That's yeah. what you want. Yeah. <laughs> he talked about playing against Tay Dosich and he, mm-hmm. he like, I smashed him, bro. I, I smashed him. him. I killed him. I killed him. Yeah. It was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I might need to post that video because he got so hyped. <laughs> on video. Dude, that was fun. That was a great interview. So, yeah, it's why not just take him at six, man? If you know, you know, right? Oh, oh God. At DPuzzle13, you're invited to the draft green room on draft night, and you get to bring one snack slash food item to eat while you wait to be drafted. What are you bringing? It's, who's going to pay me? Who's going to sponsor me? Yeah. Ooh, good question. You are sponsored by pop tarts doritos you're those sponsored. purple bag the purple bag of doritos sweet spicy chili buffalo yeah. wild wings you just got sauce all over your and <laughs> part of the deal is you have to walk up on stage with sauce all over your mouth and all over your hands and you have to shake adam silver's hand with and then you look into the camera hands. and you say buffalo wild wings you just yeah. mouth it <laughs> yeah exactly and the, and then you look all around saying. your mouth mm. people would know what you're saying this is actually a great idea for these companies yeah, because absolutely. If Vrenz got to, if he was drafted in the first round and he had Buffalo Wild Wings all over his face and yeah. he looked in the camera and said Buffalo Wild Wings, Thunder fans would be at Buffalo Wild Wings immediately. Oh yeah, well we're already there anyway. <laughs> well, let's there's be a lot of there's a lot of Thunder fans at Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Have I, you all looked at the Ringers draft, their mock draft online draft recently? Guide? I haven't looked at it recently. Yeah. No. no. I, I could be crazy, but I think, unless it's the old one, but it looks like KOC put Keon Johnson back at six and Barnes fell all the way to 11, or unless that's the earliest one or the earlier that's, one that I found. That's one that he posted weeks ago. Okay. Um, it's like it didn't update. Yeah, it's like a it. it's like a hot garbage mock draft is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Cool. Shots fired. Shots fired. It's, yes, absolutely. I would be, I would lose it. 
I would lose my mind if that's what happened. What if uh, what if you were sponsored by some milk company like Highland Milk, and the thing was there we go. Okay. You have to go up Back on stage, chug a gallon of milk, do the and, gallon challenge on yeah, stage, and throw up, and then look at the camera and say, "Got milk?" Yeah, and there's just like <laughs> vomit milk rolling down your face. Yeah, that's that's horrific. That'd be cool. Yeah, thank you. Um, at NZ Big Mike, can Taylor at the live draft event announce every pick with their own personalized song or joke? Oh God, no. It's going to be hard. Because First and second round, 60, 60 of them. I mean, I could just sing their names. All right. Sure. Deal. But as far as jokes go, no, because it all be it all end up being really disgusting and inappropriate. And if we're allowing kids there, it's just don't let me do that. Yeah. Uh, Michael on Sports wants to know... With the news of Kawhi's injury looking like he'll be out all of next year, do you think Presti will try to use the Clippers pick next year to move up in the draft or just wait until next year to see where it ends up? It's a great question. I think I think cashing in on it right now would be an undersell, in my opinion. Because the thing that I don't I don't everybody's kind of basing what the Clippers are gonna look like next year on like you know, with Paul George and the team they had and we Terrence got Mann's it. gotten we better. We got to see it. You know, we saw it in the playoffs. And, and they're good. They're I think that's a playoff team, like an eight seed, seven playing, whatever. Uh, maybe even higher, depending on Paul George's play. But the wild card on that is what if the player that has had injury problems almost every other season but this last one, what if something makes its way and he misses 20 games? And what if it's crucial 20 games that are part of the season that really determine what they are going to try to do. And and then it's like, okay, well, Kawhi's healthy, but we're five games out of the play or, you know, or whatever. And mm-hmm. is it worth bringing him back and risking? That's the where it gets interesting. And then at the trade deadline, if you have at least a little bit of a taste of what that pick's going to look like, or even at the draft, like if you actually know that it's the 10th pick, that's when you either cash in or you're, you know, because the Thunder, if that were to happen, if the Clippers kind of fell apart this year because of injuries and they're the 10th pick, the Thunder are going to have the 7th or the 6th, probably is my opinion, just because it's just going to be what it is unless we get lucky and get top one or two, which would be tight. Uh, I just think at that point, it's going to be so much more valuable um, when it's a known quantity versus like an assumed quantity. Could be. It's, it's a risk either way. You just yeah. have to weigh it. Because there's been lots of picks that people thought would be much better than they ended up being in the past. Like, Oh, that's the Celtics whole entire pick stash. That yes. Memphis pick was supposed to be like the franchise altering pick and ended up being like pick, a their Kings pick, pick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this could end up being the 20th pick. Like that's not out of the realm of possibility. If you're able to use it, if that's what helps you get to three, do you do it? Let's say they, they want... They say we'll take six and the Clippers pick for next year to move up to three. Yeah, absolutely. See ya. Bye. Okay. Yeah, that might. Be- I also think I think Ballmer's insane enough and puts enough pressure on that franchise that like they're going to go all in the entire time. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he even can fathom the idea of like, hey, let's you know punt this season and move on to the next one. Like that's an I think an impossibility for him to think about. Yeah. Well, and they just. They can't. The Warriors had that year, but the Warriors also knew, uh, okay, we're going to have a chance to get a top five pick in this draft. We just need to play young guys and be bad. And the injuries helped them get there, but also like Draymond Green basically took the year off. 
And they and they that team honestly needed the year off after mm-hmm. the amount of yeah. like finals runs that they had gone gone through. They needed a year off, so it was almost per- perfect for them. This won't be that for the Clippers because the Clippers know like, we don't have any reward at the end of this tunnel to, no. to grab. There's no benefit of them being bad. Yeah. Uh, at sports are epic. Is Jonathan Kaminga similar to Darius Baisley? High theoretical upside, but has we haven't really seen it. Good size, can't shoot, non-traditional path, inefficient. Hmm. I think Kaminga's body, because they're going to be similar as far as height, but Kaminga is already has an NBA like thickness to him as far as his build. And that's what's the intriguing thing for Kaminga is his athleticism. Even though Basley's an athlete, like clearly, uh, but it's just a different style of athlete. But I think a lot of those comps you're making are not far off as far as kind of the unpolished shooting and, and used to kind of, I mean, I think you probably knew more about, I mean, we definitely know more about Kaminga than we knew for, about Baisley. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's some comps in that maybe. Yeah. Caleb Martin says, uh-oh, Andrew, KOC's new article this morning said that OKC is interested in book night at six. Also mentioned Scotty Barnes. Uh, I, I'm not a book night guy. I could be absolutely dead wrong about him as well. I'm not. But I would not be super pumped and jacked if that's who they selected in the draft. But he can score. I just don't, I don't know that he can do a whole lot else. But scoring is important. If the Thunder think that he's the sixth best prospect, then I, I would feel better about him. But I, I have a hard time believing that they would take him at six. I think that's, I think that's kind of a wild. That would be, and, and maybe he is the highest upside swing just because he's he's probably the best scorer. From six to like who else scores? I mean, he's probably the like. The next, he's probably the score of that group, maybe. But you, you take Moody over Book Night all day, every day. Yeah, I think so. I think it's close. I'm close. I'm, I'm close on both those guys. Okay. So, uh, when are you guys gonna? Are you gonna got? Are you and Mikey? Or are we gonna do any sort of mock draft or yeah. big board or anything? Yeah, I have. I'm working on one right now. I have. I haven't missed that, have I? No. No, and Luke, okay. you haven't uh, missed Luke and I's either. We're working on that. I know. I'm okay. just waiting for theirs. Yeah. Yeah, the tall shot OKC says that he can't see him as more than a six man. I think he'd be I think he'd be better than a six man, but I just have a hard time seeing him being a I I just I don't know. I don't see him being your even your secondary score at the NBA level. It, does it seem like it's just that feels so contrary. It feels like the safe, like a safe pick. Oh yeah, it's kind of a positional need, and he's a guy we think will contribute on this medium level, and that yes. just doesn't feel like what I would think they would want to do as far as spinning a high pick. Like that's why it's like just swing on Barnes or Kaminga because, or even if you do want to swing, like if you think Giddy has the potential to be something special, like yeah. take the high upswing. Like yeah. now, if you're at three, like take the known quantity. If you're at four, take the known quantity or the assumed known quantity. Yeah. Uh, it just doesn't But don't pass. take the safe pick at six. That's wild. I it just, just it, doesn't pass at all. It wouldn't hurt though for this team to have an aggressive score on the court next to Shea, especially if like Baisley's out there, Dort's out there. Yeah, I don't Poku's I don't there. disagree with that at all. And maybe they think his vision can improve, but he he had one of 
I mean, his assist rate was so, so low and his, he had like a 30% usage and like an 11% assist rate. Like it was just, I don't know. I'm he's, he scares me in that way. Uh, let's see. We'll do a couple more and then we got to go. Let's see. Dylan underscore Wilcox asks, thoughts on OKC being the third peace enabler in a Cleveland, Philly, Ben Simmons, Sexton trade with OKC getting the third pick. I figure we could throw in first at both Cleveland and Philly to take on the salary that would help incentivize the trade. We could end up with both the third and the sixth. I think it's like a pipe dream, to be honest. I don't think that you just like pop in there and be like, hey, we'll take the third pick. You know, I think Philly would say we want we want that in a in a Simmons trade, right? Oh yeah, definitely. The third pick for Simmons sounds right. No, yeah. it doesn't. Sexton in the third pick for Simmons. Well, no, Jay. I mean, after that performance, yes, but like he's still going. If you trade Simmons, you're gonna get something back like that. I don't know. I mean, you're probably right. I, I mean, I don't disagree with that. You just got to find a team that would be enamored with the idea of Ben Simmons and his fit on your team. And call, I mean, Cleveland makes sense, actually. Uh, does Colin Sexton make sense to Philly? Not. I mean, yeah, I guess maybe. And then you've got that three pick um, that really incentivizes, which Philly would probably use to do something. Like, I can't imagine them adding a third pick to that team when they're such a win now. Yeah. Yeah. Position mm-hmm. like. So you take the third pick and Tobias Harris and get somebody that you know is better. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Sharif Cooper and Jaden Springer. This is from at Pac-Man Tomlinson. Sharif Cooper and Jaden Springer are mocked by a lot of outlets to OKC at 16 or 18. What are your opinions on those guys? I've watched a lot of Sharif Cooper. I haven't watched as much of Jaden Springer, so I can't. We're doing Jaden Springer next week, so I can't. I can't give my full opinion on him. Uh, I like him because he's bigger, Jaden Springer. I mean, Sharif Cooper is tiny. He's six foot. He's probably, but he is probably the best ball handler and probably the best passer in the draft. So that's, he would be really fun as a backup guy, but he is, uh, He's maybe the worst defender in the draft, and maybe, and I don't think he'll ever shoot it. So I, I would not take him. I would not do it. All right. We got to go. Yes? Yes. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. If you're live on the stream, let me see if I can give you guys a shout out. Uh, Sam the Man 076, Dylan Greaves. Stephen Crouch, as we mentioned, Jeff Bell, Shreyas Dushmak is here, Michael Clampett here from Tokyo. Thank you so much for joining Brian Wilson in Madison, Wisconsin. We have, oh, Shiras is in India. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we have Daniel Tamasi asking if Jay's in a sauna. I think he was. Uh, Josie Cook from Morgantown, West Virginia. Very cool. Kirk T loves Hamadou Diallo. Uh, White Black. Uh, Chad Scott is here. I think Chad is in Yukon. I think that's right. Uh, let's see. Eric Castile is here. Michael McAfee is watching from the Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C. Wow. Thanks so much for listening, Michael. 
Rob Whitlock. Whitrock is asking if Jay's at Dayspring. He is at Dayspring, yes, but he's not at the camp you think he's at, you creep. Uh, Stay Jamaica. Thanks so much for joining, everybody. Hope you have a great weekend. And we will talk to you guys again. Tyler, Carolyn, Dallas, The Tall Shot here in OKC. Thanks so much for joining. We'll talk to you guys again Bye. on Monday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.